Welcome to the Drive with Dave podcast. Hi, I'm Dave Miller at drivewithdave.com. I get to drive some of the fastest, coolest, sexiest cars on the planet. Ever since I bought my first Ferrari, I've been immersed in the global car community. Now I travel the world uncovering the hidden gems in luxury transportation and connecting with extraordinary car enthusiasts. Join me as I find the most exotic cars, meet the owners, and get the behind-the-scenes stories of the world's most exclusive rides. I'm in San Diego on an early Monday morning to meet a guy driving a 1973 Porsche 911S. Obviously a very nice car. But instead of hearing the usual sound of an air-cooled flat six, I hear nothing. I watch the car approach as if it's being pushed along by some invisible hand and it comes up to stop right next to me. Now, if Porsche was around back in 1692 Salem, surely the driver would have been burned at the stake for conspiring with the devil. But no demon driver, David Bernardo, steps out of the silent machine. One half of the husband and wife team of Zelectric, David beams me a smile and begins to tell the story of, the, of this noiseless car. David Bernardo and wife Bonnie Rogers, with a D, didn't start off with the idea of launching a business per se. They just wanted a fast, reliable, fun-to-drive plug-in bug. And like they say, the rest is history. David and Bonnie, welcome to the show. Good morning. Hey. Thank you, Dave. Listen, I, I, I know so many people, so many uh, uh, of us, our background has always been headed down the road in exotics, Lamborghinis, Ferraris, etc. And what I love about what you guys do and what I think everybody wants in the world is they, 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 they sort of want something different. They want something unique, conformity. And this must be your trademark, conformity is boring. You guys electrify vehicles to fill a niche that honestly, there must be somebody else that's doing it, probably not as well. That's why I wanted to share the two of you with all of our listeners. So let's start with some background. David, you had shared with me that you guys have an advertising and design industry background. Tell me a little bit about that, please. Well, Bonnie and I have been working together for for a while. Actually, <laughs> she used to be my boss. We were in an ad agency together. Uh, we've we formed our own agency. We've worked with a lot of tech companies. Uh, so we've both been early adopters of technology, loved working with companies that were trying to bring something new to the market. We're kind of smart risk takers. We're happy to jump into new uncharted territory um, and uh, and hope for the best. And um, so far, so good with this with this venture. But we also have always loved retro vehicles. Classic vehicles have been part of our lives since we've been together. And uh, I guess yeah, we started with, a, I guess the first one we had together was a, a 1973 Volkswagen bus. Hmm. So you kind of put the two together and that's how we ended up where we are today. <laughs> now, in your youths, were there VWs in your past? Where, where'd that come from? We both had them. Uh, I think both of us learned how to uh, drive a manual on a bug. I know I did. Mm -hmm. you, you did right? My mother's 1965 powder blue bug was mm -hmm. uh, the first car I ever drove. So I learned to shift and uh, that seems to be a dying art today seeing uh, how cars, <laughs> maybe 3% of all cars made today have manual transmissions. But uh, I always remember the unique smell of the interior of that car. I don't know if it was fresh vinyl or horsehair panels, but a brand new Volkswagen in the 60s was uh, something like nothing else. <laughs> and then um, I went on to have like, a, my first car was a Fair Lady Roadster made by Dodson. Oh yeah. 
And then I went on to a Fiat 124 Spider. I always loved the little sports cars, uh, although they were a lot of upkeep. And this has always been the problem, Dave, is that these wonderfully designed, beautiful, fun-to-drive cars spent so much time in the shop. Now, I'm going to get back to that maintenance thing in one second, but Bonnie, you sound like the sports car enthusiast in the family. Well, I was probably earlier than Dave, but I'm older than David also, <laughs> so I had earlier time to start there. Um, my dad was um, instrumental in bringing racing to, dirt track racing to San Diego from the 40s through the 1960s. He ran uh, races at Balboa Stadium with jalopies, uh, midgets, and uh -huh. stock cars. So one of my earliest memories goes back to being up in the press box with him while he was calling these races. Um, eventually that gave way to the San Diego Chargers. They took over the Balboa Stadium. But um, I do have a background a little bit. You know, we, more than anything, David and I have always just looked for opportunities to uh, dive into things that we weren't uh, thoroughly versed in, and we've made the most of them. So we've been lucky that way. So let me get this straight. You guys both came from four-cylinder, no-horsepower, air-cooled <laughs> air -cooled stuff. And one day you guys are sitting around maybe over a glass of Cabernet or something and said, hey, let's stuff a, an electric motor into this thing. Uh, no. Well, not quite that simple. In 2006, uh, Volkswagen did something rather remarkable. They took uh, a 21-window bus that looked just like one that we happened to own at the time and converted it to 100% electric drivetrain um, while they integrated a whole lot of future-forward features from um, audio to uh, visual navigation and mm -hmm. lights, everything. It was called the Chameleon. So that was back in uh, 2006 from the Electronics Research Lab in Palo Alto. We saw an article about that. I don't know if it was on Jalopnik or what, but we had a bus that looked exactly like that that was always breaking down. Uh -huh. <laughs> David spent more time under the bus than driving it, I think. Um, so um, working with tech companies at the same time uh, in the Bay Area there, we got the idea that that would be the solution to all our problems. If we could uh, take, take a Volkswagen that we loved that uh, we didn't really want to change anything about it. We loved the way it looked. Uh, we just wanted it to perform better. So just make it better, but not change it really. So that was kind of the genesis of the concept. Bonnie, was that your first conversion? No, our first. That was our. That later. was our first idea. That was our first idea. Okay. Uh -huh. I mean, we already were halfway there, right? We had the we had the classic vehicle that we loved. Right. Um, uh, and actually, we were on the East Coast at that time. Uh, we were in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, working with a, uh, where I was the creative director at an ad agency there at the beach. And uh, so we had one of the only uh, VW microbuses there in that, really in that whole area. I mean, there just were hardly any. Um, so we were we were halfway there, and we looked into it at the time, and there was just nobody. Uh, I couldn't figure out how to how to go electric on my own. Uh, I we you know did the research at 
the time, which was Google, <laughs> uh-huh. and I around, and I couldn't uh, really, I couldn't find anybody to to uh, work with me to build this. So we just kind of put that idea on the back burner, and it wasn't until we moved back out to uh, California about five years ago that uh, we looked into the idea again, and uh, a lot of progress had been made. You know, Tesla had a name, had made a name for itself, mm-hmm. and. Um, found a, a great bunch of guys that were building electric race cars up here in uh, San Marcos called EV West. And we uh, explained to them what we wanted to do, how we wanted it to look, the kind of performance we wanted to get out of the car. And uh, together we, we figured out a way to do that on a, on a VW uh, Beetle. The Red Beetle on our website is the first one uh, that we did. Dave and Bonnie, take me from that first call until delivering that product. So do, do, does somebody call you up and say, hey guys, I saw your stuff. I'm thrilled about it. This is really interesting. Where does it go from there? Um, there's no stopping these people that give us a call who want to do this. They want to do it. They don't know. Uh, most of them don't have the car. Um, there's only a, a couple. There's We only have one car in the shop. We only have one car that we've done so far where somebody actually... Uh, had the car and they and they brought it to us. Um, uh, most people don't have the car. They did back in the day. When they find out what we're doing, it just clicks right away. Mm-hmm. Um, or and, and they just want us to handle everything. Or we get lots of calls wondering if we have a kit or something like that, so they can go off and do the garage. David and Bonnie, before we maybe maybe let's step let's step back just a little bit. So before we get into the actual. We're going to shock this car with electricity. Let's talk about that guy or girl. Who's that person that calls? I'm fascinated to hear you describe the typical client, if there is such a thing. I don't know if there is. I mean, I, I think I, I probably the one thing that all of our clients have in common is that they're very they're passionate about the, uh, the Volkswagen brand, the Beatles and the buses and the VW things and the Carmen Gias. And uh, the, uh, the the vintage air-cooled Porsches, uh, they love these cars from a design standpoint. Um, most of them have, have had them back in the day, uh, but they hadn't really thought about them for maybe 20 years, 30 years or so. Uh, so once they find out that uh, a new upgraded uh, version of their favorite vehicle is available it's uh there's just kind of no stopping them with with moving forward on this if they can they can afford it i know that this process isn't inexpensive but i think it's like everything else you either get what you pay for or you want something badly enough it sounds like your typical client is a guy girl that comes to you is really and you use the the p word passion really passionate about the kind of vehicle that they love but want to electrify it so maybe let's talk a little bit about money too you go shop for that car you buy a car is there a particular car what's what's the best candidate for conversion we, i have my own sweet spot uh, for for the beatles between uh, 1958 and 1966, but we can really work with with any of the uh, any of the uh, rear engine air cooled models that Volkswagen Volkswagen made, you know, between from 1949 to 79, and then some, I guess. Mm-hmm. The uh, let me just interject: the 1958 through say 1967 actually are the most collectible 
uh, and drivable kind of a combination, you know, where, where one intersects with the other among the Volkswagen Beetles. Also with the buses, the value is skyrocketing with buses up to the year of 1967. Mm -hmm. And after that, there was a big design change with Volkswagen that uh, went into the next, you know, a next era of design with them. So the values are, are different. But um, so for people who are collectors and, and who have that nostalgia for the early ones, um, we just want to keep them on the road. They were designed to be driven rather than parked in a garage or shrouded in a driveway. So uh, whatever we, our, our approach is to just keep them drivable and current, you know, road ready technology for this century. Give them another 50 years of life. And Bonnie, that kind of reminds me of the car that uh, David pulled up in, that 1973 Porsche. Now, 911Ss, of course, and all Porsches of that era have really gotten to be collector cars. This is a special client uh, and a special car. How did this all come to be? Complete, again, going back to uh, passion driving this project, That our client bought this car specifically to have us make it electric. Um, uh, in 1970, he's wanted this car since <laughs> 1973. Um, but I, I believe this is, I believe this is the, his first Porsche and, uh, it had to be a silver 73 Porsche and, uh, it had to be electric and he took the leap of our technology and he saw what we were doing with the Volkswagens and the buses and he just thought you should be able to do this in the, uh, the Porsche, right? And I of course we can do that. Sure. <laughs> but look, this is, you know, this this is a, a legendary sports car. Mm -hmm. So we have to put a bigger motor in it. Uh, we're going to use Tesla Model S batteries in it. Uh, so it'll have a longer range. And it uh, it, it really performs like a, like a proper 911 uh, sports car. We've had, uh, we've had a few people, uh, Porsche builders in the business, drive it. And they've, they've been really happy with it. Our client loves it. Uh, we're only going to have it here for, for a few more weeks, and then it's going to go up to the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. I know Porsche people and Ferrari people and Lamborghini people and Maserati people and all those people, but particularly Porsche people can be a little bit, um, what am I looking for? Uh, sticklers about authenticity. How were you greeted by the Porsche crowd? Sacrilege. <laughs> <laughs> Burn them at the stake. <laughs> well, they're no different than the VW people. I, honestly, I think we've been uh, criticized by more VW people than, than Porsche people. Maybe we, they just haven't told this to our face. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But we've taken the Porsche to the lion's den. We brought it to the LA Auto Show. We brought it to uh, Luftgekult uh, here in Southern California. And... Uh, you know, for the most part, it's it was warmly received. People, again, people either think this is awesome or think it's awful, <laughs> and that happens on both sides of of the of the the spectrum. VW and Porsche. I am so in the awesome camp on this. I can't believe anybody. And you're telling me that the VW people are more upset than the Porsche people. Is it the skin knuckle? I've like like Bonnie said earlier. You're spending so much time under the car. You're not getting a tan anymore. What what is it they don't like? I guess they like being underneath their car more than <laughs> being behind the wheel. <laughs> 
Well, obviously you've talked about VWs. You've talked now and you've segued into Porsches. Give me some more stuff. What, where, where, where do you see this thing going? Well, I wish I, I get emails. Well, we both get emails every day from all over the, the planet. Uh, and it basically boils down to, can you make my dream car electric? And it can be, you know, I'm surprised the emails we get. I mean, uh, Rolls Royces, Shelby Cobras, uh, yeah, just all sorts of weird little the little Subarus that are like tiny little clown cars. <laughs> uh-huh. it, it kind of boils down to um, their, their level of passion with uh, whatever that the, the car is of their dreams. Um, our, our approach and our focus is just the air-cooled Volkswagens and Porsches. That Those are the cars that we know best. And to do it right, to make the installation look uh, uh, factory, uh, very simple and kind of badass. Uh, takes takes a long time. We spend we spend about a year on the Porsche to, uh, you know, figure out where every where we're going to hide everything in the car, what we're going to leave exposed, and a lot of design and engineering thought goes into that. And uh, so now we can kind of replicate that for the next uh, for the next 911 and the next Beetle and the next bus. Each one is kind of. Uh, a little bit better than the last, but uh, to do it right takes a good amount of time. And I, I wish uh, the components were smaller and took up less space, and then we could, you know, just put them in all sorts of cars. But right now we're kind of maxing out the the, the available space in, in these cars, so it's tricky. I, th- I think one of the different things about Selectric and the approach that other conversions have taken is that we don't cut or weld the uh, oh, car, right. the vehicle at all. So uh, for people who have concerns about preserving the design legacy of a vehicle, uh, our engineering is totally reversible, although we haven't ever had anyone that bought us electric uh, that wanted to undo the electric part of it. But um, we want to preserve the original design. And so that's a constraint, Dave, about uh, doing an installation we're, we're not going to cut anything. So we have to work with the available space. How did you guys go about developing your team? You had mentioned early on that you said you you uh, you got together with some people that were turning out electric race cars. But then did you did you bring some of those people over? Did you use their technology? What did you do? So my background and Bonnie's background has always been working with teams of people. We're producers. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the ad agencies, it's... Um, you know, I, I was a creative director. I worked with writers and designers and photographers and illustrators and printers and uh, web designers. Um, so I've, I've always been pretty good at coordinating a, a team of, of creative people that know more about what they're doing than, than I do. Mm-hmm. So I'm still doing the same thing now. We're partnering with uh, uh, contractors that are experts on the mechanical side, on the on the body restoration side, on the uh, electrical wiring side of things, so um, yeah, I'm still kind of, kind of doing the same thing. We don't, we're we're still young. We're uh, just we're we're setting up. We're in the process now of setting up our own uh, shop. But uh, currently, we're you know we're working with a number of people. Well, you outsource to specialists yeah. and experts who do what they do much better than we do. 
And I like that, and I love, I, uh, I, I mean, I love collaborating with these people that are very good at what they do, and I'm, I'm also kind of surprised at, especially when it comes to the body shops and the uh, RVW mechanics. We have a couple different mechanics that uh, that we work with. Their level and enthusiasm for what we're doing is 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 really um, off the charts. Yeah, it's yeah. they're. <laughs> They're very interested. They think it's really cool. They're coming up with with ideas, better ways to, you know, to do things on our um, on our projects. So uh, I'm I, I'm liking working with uh, with with these specialists in their fields outside of um, you know they're coming in under this electric umbrella. But they're also off doing all their all their own things outside. I guess what's changed when I listen to you guys, what's changed from the beginning to the present is obviously you put down a template. You guys have this paradigm, you have this model of let's invent this thing to start with, and then gradually as you've done cars, it's gotten better and better and better. Am I right? It's got it, each build progresses a little bit. I mean, it's just. Uh, We've, we're figuring out ways to make the car, uh, when, when someone gets in it, just to have to feel more like the, the last car that they got out of. Um, well, I, should, also, I should provide some more technical information on, yeah, on how we're that. making that happen. But, but also beyond the conversion itself, we take a look at every car to, to make the driving experience as cool and awesome as it could be. Um, so we get involved in the suspension, we rebuilt the transmission, we add LED lights and the little innovative things that are happening with each build are kind of evolving, you know, as we go. As mm -hmm. technology gets better, uh, we look for opportunities to use that. Now, Dave, we're not the actual uh, technicians who sure, are... Sure wrenching on the cars, although we have a background of having done that in the earlier stages. At this point, we're trying to coordinate and oversee and see how we can adopt, you know, new things that are becoming available into the builds. We just want to always stay right on the edge of what's proven, tried and true, but also um, maximum value, you know, that we're putting into each vehicle. And I, th I think it's wonderful too. I, I, I'm a firm believer that there is uh, very little that a large dollop or an increase in horsepower can't make better. And I remember going out with uh, David as a passenger in that little Porsche, and I thought, well, this this car performs great, and it's got to be it's got to be even better when you take a little vintage Volkswagen motor, which puts out nothing, and <laughs> stuff electricity in that thing, and it goes like snot. <laughs> yeah, it's more than double the original horsepower with the bugs and the buses as well because maybe the max was around 36 horse horses originally and now we're up to um, I think 84 with an AC 51 or And that's right? on the low end. We can put bigger yeah, motors put in these and that's what we did with the uh, the Porsche 911 um, We put a huge not a it's not a huge physical size motor, but a, a VW no, a VW thing that we did with Icon 4x4, oh. we put a 220 horsepower motor in a Volkswagen thing, 
I think that's about five times the original horsepower. Yeah, it really um, doesn't hurt that. <laughs> you start doing that, fun. you also you have to start you have to start changing a lot of other things as well. So, it's a ripple effect. And, and it also gets pricey. Um, and you know the Porsche build is pricey. We start using Tesla batteries uh, to increase the range and more horsepower and uh, a longer range in electric cars. Uh, they can get pricey pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And Dave, keep in mind too, when we're talking about 84 horsepower, it sounds like next to nothing. But when you have a very lightweight little vehicle like the Volkswagen vintage Volkswagen Bug, mm-hmm. it really surges when you lay into the uh, throttle there. These, these cars take off like nobody's business, like they never did before. It has to shock people around you. Huh. When you're driving. Yeah, if you're at a signal yeah. and stopped yeah. next to a very fast car, yes, they, they can be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you've, you've been around for a while now. Um, and I have to ask this question, too. With all of your experience in converting cars, what would you do differently knowing what you know today? What would you, if you had to rewind this thing and you had all this experience, what would you do differently? That's a good question, but I don't have a really great answer for well, it's it. That's okay, Bonnie. Bonnie no. will. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, I don't. I mean, because it's an emerging field that uh, we can't. Uh, we're watching it evolve. You know, it's not like you could go back and say, "Well, it should have been this way from the beginning," because it's. Uh, it yeah. couldn't have been. I mean, we do. I think meet, it's a, I, I, we occasionally meet people. Let's say they, you know, they in the 70s they made their car electric. They used lead acid batteries, mm-hmm. and uh, they were able to get a 25 mile range. Uh, they could get the car up to about 40 40 miles an hour. <laughs> I mean, that's what uh, tech, where technology was at that time, mm-hmm. and uh, the the times have changed. Um, but I, I really don't think we would be doing what we're doing. Uh, it's timing. If if mm-hmm. Tesla wasn't doing what they're doing and making electric cars sexy, and the internet wasn't where it's at that allows us to share information so quickly and easily and and get in front of people who are a weird group of people that think this is a cool idea, uh, it just, it, 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 can't, it can't happen. Um, so I, I think everything that we're doing is, you know, is, I wouldn't change a thing. There's this huge rush, as obviously you know even better than I, about electric vehicles. Uh, it seems more and more electric vehicles are being popularized. Uh, everybody's talking about the future. How do you see these two things coexisting? Um, it seems to me they'll do it really well. But you tell me, is is everything going to be forced off the uh, uh, the roads except for electric vehicles? That's a good one. That's, um, that's starting to happen already in some European cities where they're limiting traffic. Um, you know, they're not allowing gas-powered uh, traffic some days. Uh, so it's it's. I, I don't know when that day is coming here to to the U.S. But uh, I think I Americans love to drive. Um, so I think it would be a long long time coming before everything went autonomous. And, <laughs> Ultimately, it may be that self-driving vehicles, um, and we're not even talking about the fuel source, but I assume that they would be electric or something along those lines that would not, not destroy the planet in the long run. But, yeah, who knows? Who knows where it's going? 
Zelectric has been extraordinarily <laughs> successful, and obviously, it's just the tip of the iceberg for you two. I can't wait to follow your company and what, what you guys are doing. But I also have to ask, you come from business backgrounds. You've taken what sounds to me like this follow your dreams thing and pushed it into something that's really gaining some traction. So from a, a strictly a business standpoint, if you had to mentor someone coming out of college, Tips or wisdom? What would you learn along the way that's translatable into any kind of entrepreneurial situation? We were just talking to our daughter about this um, the other day. Uh, let me figure out how to frame this. What? What, what Steve Jobs said. Oh, well, we love uh, the Steve Jobs commencement speech at Stanford in 2005. Uh, I think he, he made some wonderful points about how to proceed in life uh, with a career. Uh, he pointed out that you have to be ready for anything that might come up in your life. Life is full of unexpected surprises and challenges and obstacles. And um, he said you can never look uh, forward and connect the dots in your life, but you can always look back and see how everything that led to where you are now has put you there. Uh, you can connect the dots because it all makes sense. In our life, we've in our career, just with electric motors, we've had a number of what I like to consider guardian angels that have seen, um, that have immediately kind of got what we're doing and believed in it. And they've given us opportunities to pursue it farther just by uh, endorsing us and giving us a chance. So to those people, we're just incredibly grateful. Jonathan Ward of Icon 4x4 is one of them. Jonathan immediately saw what we were doing. We just met on Twitter about five years ago and uh, he invited us to his shop and said he, you know, he wanted to drive our first bug. Um, we've had others. I mean, BBC Autos came and drove our first, uh, our first electric bug and gave it a, a rave review. So, Bit by bit, the media has helped us build up uh, some credi credibility in the field. This is a follow your dreams thing. Well, following your dreams is really, really tough, and you have to be relentless and work at it. I mean, every single day, and you can't. Yeah, you never give up. I mean, you just you cannot give up on the dream. Um, as long as you have resources available, never give up. Never. Obviously, those are those are great words, and I want to mention just a couple of things. Number one, you mentioned Jonathan Ward. I met Jonathan a couple of years ago. I was up to, I guess, what I call Disneyland. It's absolutely incredible. I spoke with Jonathan just a day ago, and he's coming on to the show soon. I'm going up to see him, and as his time uh, permits, we'll definitely get him on as well. And he was the one, honest, that that actually turned me on to you guys. He said you got to meet this husband and wife team. He's raving. I mean, he, he just did it like 10 cups of coffee. He said, you should see the things these guys are doing. Absolutely tremendous. You got to go meet them. And of course, that's what, that's what gave me the impetus to come seek you guys out. And if I had to put a, 
if I had to put a tag, and I will, on the show, I'm going to have to say uh, David Bernardo and, and Bonnie Rogers, this is the conformity is boring show. I mean, I just, this is, this is where it goes. It's as good as it gets. And one final thought, I've got to come down to San Diego and drive a bug. I'm going to bring my wife, Laura, down there. And uh, I, I can't wait to jump into that thing. I think it's going to be absolutely great. We also did a video on Drive with Dave on the YouTube channel. So in case people want to go there, they can get a little taste of that Porsche, but David and Bonnie, what's the best contact information for you guys? On social media across the board, we are Selectric Bug on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Pinterest, uh, whatever else there is. Mm -hmm. And then our website is Zelectric.com. That's electric with a Z in front, dot com. Well, I promise the people that are listening in, if you're headed to Southern California, oh, it doesn't matter. Just head for Southern California. Go down and meet these two. Let them uh, give you an idea of what the experience is like to take a vintage automobile and zip around town noiselessly, quietly. I know there's better ways to save trees, David. I think you may have said that. Um, But I don't think that there's any better way to, to soothe your soul than take one of these cars on the road. David... Bonnie, I want to thank the two of you, husband and wife team from San Diego, Zelectric. Check them out. Great people. I can't wait to catch up with you guys again. And I want to thank you for your time this morning. Thanks, guys. Thank you, David. Thanks, Dave. (laughs) Thank you for listening today, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Let us know what you think. Go to drivewithdavepodcast.com and find out how to leave us a review on iTunes. I hope it's a good one which we would very much appreciate. And there's a way to email us your questions, comments, and who you want on the show as well. All the episodes of Drive With Dave podcast are on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and an overview of all the shows with links can be found on drivewithdave.com. Don't miss an episode. When you subscribe to the podcast, your device will be automatically updated with the new episodes, and old ones will be removed after you've listened to them. No work required. And finally, I hope you also check out our bi-monthly newsletter, which will keep you in the know. And you can sign up at drivewithdave.com.